It's the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels, and tonight is my very special guest, Greg Bolden, who is the host and managing editor of the podcast America and Bolden with Greg Bolden, which is part of the America Out Loud Network. This podcast focuses on understanding individual sovereignty and critically thinking in an immersive news environment. And for two decades, Greg has worked extensively in the industries of TV, film, music, photography, pastoral care, counseling, and youth ministry. Greg, you were dean of political science, but I suspect that we may have to open up a case uh, revolving around truancy. But thank you anyway for coming on to the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels. Glad to be here as always. Let's uh, let's get emboldened together on your show. Let's let's, let's do this. <laughs> That's right. It's called mailing it in on a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not mailing it in. We got no. plenty of stuff to talk about. I mean, I know, I know. So, I, uh, first thing I want you to bring up is your podcast about Stormy Daniels. Briefly okay. tell us everybody, or tell everybody about what is the crux of this whole issue with Trump and Stormy Daniels. Well, first off, it's it's really not illegal what he did. I mean, people pay people off all the time to silence an accusation, even if it's not true. If you just don't want to go through the whole process of taking something to court, then you have the ability to settle with somebody out of court. That doesn't mean that you're guilty of doing anything. The other problem with this whole thing is Stormy Daniels, um, it's quite possible that Cohen worked with her and they're trying to sabotage Trump. Uh, you know, Cohen is not reliable whatsoever. It's very possible that he took this money and paid Stormy Daniels without Trump's knowledge. Or it's also possible that Trump said, yeah, pay her off. Let's get rid of it. And he had nothing to do with where those funds came from. Uh, and then finally, uh, let's be honest, it was a consensual sexual relationship if that did happen because stormy daniels even says that you know he was kind of arrogant when he was in bed well that doesn't sound like somebody who's being sexually assaulted it sounds like somebody that had an affair with their wife um or against their wife i guess say wasn't wasn't monogamous and so that that's a problem too so th this whole thing is bs uh it's the stupidest case ever uh, there's worse things for donald trump right now as far as what's going on in georgia i think that's a a case that could actually see him indicted with charges. This is like the left uses this phrase, nothing burger. I'm going to use that phrase against the left. Now, this is a big nothing burger in Manhattan. This is just a political photo op to say that they finally arrested the man. The only thing worse than a nothing burger is a fur burger. And I completely agree <laughs> with you on every single aspect of this. Now, my, I did some digging and that was today. So do you remember the Nixium cult? I do not. Okay, so the Nixium cult is N-X-I-V-M. Uh, oh, yeah, and yeah. This was uh, the actress from uh, Smallville. Bingo. The actress from yes. Smallville, and you had Keith Renier, and he was pretending to put up all of these learning centers for down-and-out female children and teenagers and he was going to bring them up and allow them to be empowered in the environment and the workplace and so on and so forth you know the, the usual spiel mm -hmm. so what happened was eventually as you got up through the rungs of this cult eventually you were put into the inner circle of keith ranier or renier whatever his name is 
right? Right. And he decides that he has to brand you on the hip. So all of these girls have burn marks on their hips uh, with initials, okay? Hmm. And that's where you get the small girl, or smallville girl from. Uh, and she's got that and everything else. Eventually, this whole thing was shut down in the United States. Particularly, he was well-known throughout all of New York for being a huge Democrat fundraiser. And they eventually got him on um, illegally bundling campaign donations for Hillary Clinton. And so they <laughs> shut down everything in New York and in the United States, however. There are still a whole bunch of Nixium uh, locations across the planet that are still open, particularly in France. So here's where Stormy Daniels comes in. There was a rumor a long time ago that I, I came across probably when Stormy Daniels first got out there and Michael Avenetti first got out there. This mm -hmm. rumor said that Avenetti and Daniels knew each other. In particular, they used to go to Nixium recruiting parties at mansions, particularly specifically in Connecticut, where this one instance took place, right? And they're all involved in this grooming effort to get these, these kids, these girls all together, right? So you have Avenetti. Remember Avenetti? Yeah, absolutely, he, I do. He's out there trying to, trying to nail people. He eventually got screwed over by Nike, thankfully. Good, right? But then you or I found a picture of Stormy Daniels, and I posted it on my Twitter, from 2019. At least that's when the posting was. And if you look at her, first off, you feel like you need a shower. You just see the bugs jumping off of her. Second, <laughs> she's got this flower tattoo that goes from hip to hip. Yep. So it goes right across her stomach. And if you zoom in on her hip, what do, do I you have see? to? <laughs> you don't want to. It's cavernous at some in some parts. You see so, the Nixium cult brand. Huh. The branding. So what this says to me is that the Democrats are using their old cult, Nixium cult operatives, which is ultimately it's a sex cult, which is why somebody like Stormy Daniels would be involved in it in the first place, using those operatives to still go after Donald Trump. And then Nixium well, is tied to Mormons and human trafficking and all that other stuff. Well, this whole thing's been a political shit show. Uh, when you look at Hillary Clinton, I put it on my episode today. Like no one is still acknowledging that the DNC and Hillary Clinton illegally use campaign funds to fund the Steele dossier. So when you want to have a serious conversation about a DA putting somebody in jail from the DNC or Hillary Clinton, then we can have a conversation about the same type of situation with Stormy Daniels. Like I said, like even if he's guilty and he slept with her, the, the worst thing that he did was he was unfaithful to his wife. Like th that's the last time I checked consensual sex between adults was still legal in the United States. Uh, but I, I can understand if you don't want your wife to find out that you pay her off. That's just to say, if he did it now, what you're stating sounds like it's a really possible scenario that this is still part of the dnc attack on trump because wasn't it michael avenetti that brought that lawsuit originally from stormy daniels to trump yes so, correct so they've been working together for quite some time and trying to get this uh to stick to donald trump and here we are after his presidency we had a original court case and grand jury that said nope not enough evidence 
And now this district attorney says, nope, we have plenty. We're going to be able to get him in jail for up to four years. Uh, something <laughs> just doesn't smell right. <laughs> so the other problem with this that I've run across, at least from my understanding, is that the only way that you can get a grand jury to hear a case like this is if you assume that there's going to be a felony involved. Correct. Otherwise, and it was a misdemeanor, misdemeanor charge originally. Exactly. So what could you possibly think of that this is going to turn into a felony? Can you think of anything? No, this, no, this is a this is a photo op. This yes. is this is a photo op to say, which, by the way, speaking of photo ops, I'm not sure if you saw my photo I put up on Twitter, but the fact that A.I. can oh, yes. accurately take a photograph of Donald Trump getting arrested with New York's finest arresting him today uh, on artificial intelligence. That thing was so darn good looking. I, I would say that there's going to be people that are fooled by AI right now thinking that Donald Trump actually got arrested today. Completely. We all know how dumb a lot of these people are. <laughs> At least no, I do. <laughs> well, not our listeners. Our listeners are very intelligent, well, but yes. the dumb ones aren't listening. So we're yeah, preaching no. to the choir right now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Those pictures have been going viral, and they even came out with more pictures. I'm not sure if you saw the one of him running down the street yes. and cops. <laughs> that man's got like he's got he's he's got Tom Cruise form in that. Yeah, he does. He looks I good for <laughs> at 44. I can't run that well. No, he looks great. <laughs> <laughs> so with with all this with all this Trump stuff, it's it's just it hurts my hair. That's how stupid all of this crap is. And mm -hmm. the only thing that I can really come across is that they're just trying to drag this out like they did Russiagate, Ukrainegate, uh, COVID and all that to make sure that he is not in the spotlight and he can't fundraise. Well, so I, have, I have a couple, they, other, I right, have a couple other theories here. So I think that you're, you're glazing over the fact that there's this photo op before the election. Ooh. Because at the photo op, pay attention to what's going to happen. There were people standing outside Trump Towers today, holding up signs supporting Trump with, you know, F. Joe Biden. But I noticed something very interesting about these people. They're wearing masks. They're wearing masks as if the, the pandemic is still at the height. And I call BS on that. There's no way that a Trump supporter in 2023, yeah, I'm politicizing this. There's no way a Trump supporter is still wearing a mask. Not, not like an actual Trump supporter. So that's the first thing that didn't pass the smell test. So that leads me down this road that when Trump is brought in, I hope the Secret Service stays right alongside that guy the entire time, because I'm hoping that no JFK type of stuff is going to be trying to happen here uh, that's endangering our former president. I hope there's no funny business. And on top of that funny business, I really hope that the DNC or somebody, George Soros, isn't going to hire a bunch of actors in order to create and incite violence so the Democratic National Committee can say, look, his supporters are still violent. Look what they did when he was getting arrested. Meanwhile, it's actually not his supporters. Because I'll tell you, I'm doing shows about this. I'm putting stuff out there. I'm having conversations. And the two things that have really kind of struck me, number one, no one here seems overly upset about Trump getting arrested, even in the MAGA crowd. Everybody's like taking this as a, a measured shot. They're going, you know what? My man is going to be okay. That's what they're telling me. Right. Meanwhile, I'm talking to people on the left and the people on the left are going, this is the stupidest charge ever. Why are they going after him on this? This is only going to make him stronger in the election. So what's this for? I can't help but think he's getting set up when he goes up to New York. And that's what really scares me. That's a good point. And I didn't think of that. Um, and I'll, I'll say this too. 
I remember seeing about two weeks ago, there were ads for crisis actors in Florida, which is obviously hmm. the same location as Mar-a-Lago, right? Well, Florida's so, a big state, but well, yeah. <laughs> right, but I think, I think it was Fort Lauderdale. So okay. that's not too far away from uh, Mar-a-Lago. Now, the other thing is, uh, the other podcast that I occasionally listen to, I try to do it like once or two times a week because it's just dry toast, is that guy Monkey Works. And he tracks all the flights that go in and out of the country, what flights take a place in the country, and so on and so forth. And he brought up that the FBI flew a whole bunch of agents to Fort Lauderdale because they've got an office down there. And they never brought them back. Usually these agents go there, do whatever they have to do, and they go back to D.C. So the other thing is, is that if they have a, an office in Fort Lauderdale already, why are they flying in agents from, uh, from D.C.? Unless you intend to do something incredibly stupid, right? That's, yep. So to me, this seems as though that I think uh, what's his name? Not Comer, but McCartney. McCartney. Yeah, right. The, <laughs> the <McCarthy>. Beatles. <laughs> Why, yes, John. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's not dead. Yoko's involved in all this. It's a great so time to go outside our apartment, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, so they even started to investigate whether or not uh, New York was using federal funding to go after Trump, because then that means it's a whole different ballgame than what they're trying to portray here, because then mm -hmm. then they can really the Republicans can really go after them uh, from D.C. if they do that. So I, th I think you could be right about this one. I think you could be right that they may be staging something. And with the masks, you know, dead to rights that those people are hired fifth columnists by the yep. George Soros crowd. I mean, there's no way. There's no way a Trump supporter is going to wear a mask. <laughs> and this DA was uh, George Soros-backed. So that's something oh, to make yeah. sure the people... He's also on record. He's done an interview that anyone can watch where he states that, you know, it's basically his dream in his... Um, paraphrasing, but he felt that he could bring Trump down, that he had a way in order to get these charges to stick. I mean... I don't trust anyone who is a district uh, <laughs> that's an attorney prosecuting here that is telling people ahead of time, here's the person I want to arrest. This is the person I want to send charges to. That's kind of scary. No. And I also heard that the New York, um, <clears throat> the New York group that he's working with, it's about a 60, 40 split where 40% are with this guy that want to go after Trump. And the other 60% say, you, you've got to be effing kidding me. This is nuts. This is not going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to be touching this at all. And finally, did you ever take a look at this guy, this brag guy that's yeah. doing this? Yeah, you know, I started looking into him with my show. And yeah. yeah first off, he has, I, I don't know what's, it, did he suck on a lot of helium? Because his skin looks so tight and bulbous. Like, it looks like a balloon, like a Thanksgiving Day float coming out of a suit. Like, lose some weight. <laughs> I mean, the guy's enormous. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I'm pretty sure that every single time he buttons his top button before he puts his tie on, his button starts uh, saying, Hail Mary and a few of our fathers. <laughs> Lord, save me. What have you done? <laughs> I've been sentenced to strangle myself around this loophole. Now, do you think that this whole Trump nonsense is a way to distract from other issues. In particular, the Biden laptop. <laughs> of course. Right? The Biden Absolutely. laptop. Yeah. Ukraine. 
uh, the judges saying that banking collapse. Well, the banking collapse, and also they are doing lawsuits against J.P. Morgan, Deutsche Bank, for their connections Epstein. to Jeffrey Epstein. Right. Yep. Don't you think that the only way for them to distract from all of this is to do something with Trump? Oh, and by the way, there's a lawsuit that now says the Ashley Biden diary is in fact true. Well, yeah, I, I knew it was true. Yeah, so I did mean, I. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I knew it was true. I, I still stand by. I did a show on that a long time ago. I'm not sure if you ever heard it, but I stand by what I say. Like, it's. I feel bad for Ashley in this case because that was a diary that she was keeping because she was in uh, a psychologist's care, and it was a diary that she was told to write for her psych- psychiatric care, and for somebody to find it. And then sell it, and it now it's published out there. Like I, I just feel bad. Like, you know, when somebody's dealing with stuff, like I, I, I know that she's been through a lot with drug addiction and stuff, and to be on the other side of that, trying to better your life, and then people putting that out there, I don't have a lot of um, I don't have a lot of sympathy for Hunter Biden, but I have sympathy for her. Um, again, I just you know, but yeah, I mean, all this stuff's confirmed. You have Hunter Biden just sued John Paul Mac Isaac which is yeah. awesome because now we're finally going to get discovery. We weren't allowed to have discovery in the Google case. It got thrown out with prejudice. And uh, that was all that John Paul wanted. He said, I just want discovery because then the contents of the laptop all become public. Now it has to. So I think this is a, uh, a gross miscalculation by Hunter Biden. Um, I don't think that John Paul Mac Isaac has much to worry about, except if it gets in a courtroom with an Obama appointed judge or if it's local it's a biden appointed judge then we might have some problems you know somebody was a favor to the biden family oh yeah then, then he's toast and also i don't think he has the, the the legal mental capacity to counter something like this and nor do i think right. he has the financial resources to go against this either no i don't so, think so either so kim.com uh, on his Twitter space last night. Actually, he did. An, I think they did an eight to 10 hour Twitter space yesterday. So they had Giuliani on it. And then they had some other guy from the Ukraine that says he's going to go after Trump and all this other crap on it too, towards the end of it. Kim.com said that he would start doing a, uh, basically a money campaign to help Paul Mac Isaac if mm. it came to that. So he does have supporters. It's just whether or not he could be made aware of those things. Uh, I think I, I know somebody that has a cell phone number that could make them aware. Oh, you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't aware of that. I'll be happy to text him as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and Kim.com backs up whatever he says. Like if he, he one time did a campaign where he doubled whatever was donated. So he matched, I should say, whatever was donated. So he, he does things like that. Um, I'll tell you what, because it makes for a more exciting podcast right now. Let me send a text message to John Paul Mac Isaac right now. And then that way, if we get a response, then I can read it live with you wow. and your listeners. So wow. I, will, I will write that right now. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll fill in hey. the air. Don't worry. No dead, no dead air. All right. I'm typing now. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so the other part of all of this, right? Everything that's been going on lately too. And I think you made a good point is this culture that we're starting to delve into across the United States and the, rest, and the rest of the planet, right? It is the hollowing out of the moral compass in the United States, in the West, the UK, and everywhere else 
to the point where there's almost no such thing as beauty anymore. And if there is beauty, it's always countered with these satanic undertones. I mean, just look at what they do in the fashion industry. To say that there's not a satanic or Luciferian influence in music, in quote-unquote art, in fashion and all of that, which is highly impactful to children, is extremely short-sighted because all you have to do is look at what they're presenting and then you go, oh my God, this is, this is ridiculous. So what does that all turn into? It turns into this need to extract a level of emotional energy from their audiences. Like with all these concerts, right? They're, they're extracting these energies while flashing these pentagrams and, and satanic symbols and sigils in the background in the, in the, uh, in the lights and yeah. light shows going on behind the bands. Yeah. Like what's like the, the gay rapper that, uh, he had the uh, old town road or whatever with, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. And then he went all the Satanists. <laughs> Uh, um, I don't remember. I, Little Nas, right? Little Nas, was that his oh, name? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a great example of a guy who wins a People's or Children's Choice Award and then goes extremely local, uh, loco. Uh, sorry, John Paul MacIsaac was just uh, just letting me know. Oh. I'm actually, uh, he says, good looking out, cheers, but he also wrote something else, but I'm not going to share it on the show. Okay. I'll, I'll share it pri- privately with oh, you. I just, okay. All right, this is yeah. top secret stuff. Well, no, I just, I, I, no, I know. <laughs> looking at the words, I, I don't think he wants that out there. So, yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't drop an N bomb, did he? <laughs> oh, God, no, no. I'm not even going to joke about that. Speaking of, speaking of that, speaking of, of that, yes, let's, let's segue for a second. Did you see the story about a week ago what yeah. happened in Ohio? A zebra bit off a person's arm in no. Ohio. Did you see what? this? No. I'm not what making this, this up. <laughs> Literally a week ago in Ohio, of all places, a zebra attacks its owner, bites off the arm. They call the police. Uh-huh. The police end up shooting the zebra and killing the zebra. Okay. You know what that proves? N- no, what? It, it must have been a black zebra with white stripes. Oh, boy. Oh, oh God. There we go. Mm. Uh, mm. Th- mm. I'm gonna. I'm opening up my comedy routine. You yeah. know, I'm just working on material right now. Um, no, but I mean, it's a serious story. I mean, this poor, this poor zebra is just trying to live its life, and then police come around, popo, light it up. Mm. No, that's that, oh, God. That is awful. That's an awful. That is an awful joke. It's worse. It's worse than me saying that John pa- John Paul Mac Isaac. Wow, that's a that's a long uh, name. Uh, is dropping n bombs through Texas. <laughs> Oh man, so, but you know I, that, that that joke will play well in some circles. I, I think course. I think you know it's 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 my it's my woke joke for the day. <laughs> <laughs> so what what I was ultimately getting at, trying yes. to kill time, back to children, <laughs> was the ultimate. Uh, now I lost train of thought. Okay, so it was the idea that these people are the penultimate version of narcissists, and Ooh, yep. And uh, I listen to your podcast, but I have my mythology book in front of me. Mm-hmm. And there is also another myth that goes along with Narcissus, uh, except it involves Persephone and not necessarily Echo. Okay. So the one with Persephone is that 
Zeus uh, helped his brother, the Lord of the Dark Underworld, when he wanted to carry away Persephone as a maiden that he had fell, fallen in love with. And so what happens is they create, or Zeus creates, these black flowers while mm. Persephone and a couple of her friends are off in the fields picking flowers. Now, the only one that saw this black flower was Persephone. And so she went running off to it. And when she actually plucked the flower, that's it. The world opened up a chasm in the earth. Out of it, coal black horses sprang, drawing a chariot and driven by one who had a look of dark splendor, majestic and beautiful and terrible, took her off to the underworld and made her his wife. Now, the other part of that is that she comes back in the spring. So that's the whole idea where she is part of that equinox cycle. Mm -hmm. So she, she dies becomes in the, the flowers in that story, right? Exactly. She becomes the yep. flowers that come up every spring, which guess what? Today was the first day of spring. It's a new moon. We had an equinox. Perfect segue into what you wanted to get into with Narcissus. Yeah. So right now I believe that the story of Narcissus, <laughs> yeah, I can't even speak now. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's been a long day i guess yeah uh, yeah so i believe that that story of narcissus and echo is really kind of where we are in society right now um the majority of people that and when i talk about the uneducated people again we're not talking about the people listening to this podcast or my podcast because they're very educated but the majority of the people that are just um the the, the people that are going along with the crowd they've taken away the ability for them to have original thoughts. All they can do is echo the final words. And so when we look at uh, Rachel Maddow, we look at Tucker Carlson, we look at the narcissist, the, the person that's giving the message uh, that's out there. That's really all about the image and putting that forward in the ratings. The rest of the populace has become echo. And so right. we just go with whatever we hear. And that is the gospel. No one's doing research anymore. No one's looking in like you did at the top of the show and said, by the way, Greg, I was looking into this cult and I see that Stormy Daniels has this uh, branding that was tried to cover up with a tattoo. You have to go to other media, which I believe is the reason why podcasting alternative media is very important right now. Uh, spoiler alert, my show tomorrow kind of talks a little bit about this law that's coming out in California where they're trying to make it so anytime a social media website puts a news story up they got to pay the newspaper or journalist where the news story comes and people are like oh this is great that's horrible <laughs> what's going to end up happening is it's only going to be the approved journalist and approved media that makes it on the social media so they can have their advertisers and we're going to just have more echoes we're not going to have original thoughts and so i use that story of uh myth uh the greek myth there to try to explain to people um we live in a narcissist society uh, where we are so obsessed with our looks, keeping up with the Kardashians, whatever it may be. And in the meantime, all we're able to do is parrot instead of actually learning more about ourselves, looking up at the sky, looking up at the cosmos, figuring out our order in this world, getting in touch with the spiritual side. Uh, all of that is deadening. And it's a very dangerous place that we find ourselves at. 
Um, and I believe that that all goes into the whole AI thing and everything else. And we might be at end times. We, we, we really might be getting there. I think you're, I think you're onto something with that, particularly with uh, AI. So I, you, I, I actually got onto chat GPT and I used it a couple of times. I didn't find it that useful for the questions that I had asked because mm -hmm. all I was getting was basically a summarized version of a Google search. Instead of me clicking into a link, right? All I had to do was enter in what I wanted to know into chat and it would spit back what Google would force me to sift through, right? Mm -hmm. So it was a nice summary of whatever I wanted to know. However, I already knew the answers to the questions I was asking just to see what it would come back with. And I wasn't impressed. I mean, it's highly sanitized. It is incredibly censored. Um, I did the old test between, you know, what name something good with Trump, name something good with Biden. And, you know, the results were staggering as usual. Mm -hmm. And what the what I see chat doing is once again, lowering the overall IQ of people, particularly children and teenagers, because now they don't have to learn how to write a paper or uh, write any sort of sentences, right? They don't even have to learn penmanship anymore. They don't have to write anything. All they have to do is tell AI to do it for them. So it's once again, this removal of interaction that you were talking about, right? And it started with COVID, remember? Oh, you can't go out. Oh, if you do go out, you have to stay within uh, beyond six feet from people. Now there's no phone calls, there's only texting. Now there's no reading articles, there's Snapchat, right? Mm -hmm. or, or Instagram stories. Everything is in, a, is in a quick flash. And the other thing I noticed about these people, particularly the, uh, the transgender activists that are all over TikTok, even when they're not on TikTok and they're still creating videos, they all have the same mannerisms. They all mm -hmm. talk the same way. They all express themselves in the same way. They all have the same hairdresser. Yes. Horrible pastels with really shitty haircuts and dye jobs. Yep. So here, <laughs> here's what I'm getting at. They're trying to dumb down society in such a way where people are now becoming essentially intellectually impotent. They mm. won't know anything. And so what do you see in the kids that you work with? And how they are now interacting. I mean, on your podcast, you said, uh, who was it? Somebody retired in 1988, and you said kids have been bored 20 years later. When I heard that, I was like, oh, crap. I really am going to be 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time's ticking, man. Oh, well, man. well, first, it, it, in regards to dumbing down society, welcome to Costco. I love you. Um, <laughs> and Al, my balls is now a reality. Mike Judge in Idiocracy was a prophecy. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. My buddy, Steve and I, we used to watch that back when, uh, we were in our twenties and, um, sadly it's all come true. President Camacho <laughs> was replaced with Donald Trump and Brondo is just Gatorade and other things. Now I think, uh, Jake Paul has his own drink. Um, <laughs> it's what, it's what plants thirst. Uh, so yes, we are dumbing down society. Now, what am I seeing with my own students? Uh, this is a loaded question because I, I struggle to talk about my students in this shape of, I never want to do harm, right? They're, they're, they're minors, they're children. Uh, 
Um, but I'm worried. Well, you're not going to shit talk about them, right? No, no, you're just no, going to see no, overall all. trends. But, <laughs> I don't want to know who's who. <laughs> no, no, but, but I, I, I think here, here's 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 what you, what you're not going to find on my show. Yeah. Like you're not going to find me go in on trans stuff in, yeah, a, in yeah, a way yeah. that all of a sudden I a student's listening and it's like, wow, Bolden, wait a minute, you yeah. said this <laughs> because I'm really not concerned about hurting people's feelings. Although, um, I can tell you this. Wait, wait, what? The, all right, go ahead. Good. I may, I may give you an out, but go ahead. No, no, I, I don't want an out. Like I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable talking about, it, but I just want to kind of explain to your listeners as we go. Um, I'm a little bit more measured, maybe, than shocking on this. Um, so this is what I've seen. I've been in education in and out since 2001. Uh, back in 2001, if I had one person that was gay. Uh, in my class, that would probably be a lot. Sometimes I'd have years where there was no gay kids. Um, not that, you know, there was nothing really too shocking when somebody was gay, but it wasn't as accepted in 2001 as it was when I knew gay kids in 2011. By 2011, uh, we had made a pretty good progress in you love who you love, and people kind of went away from that. But what I didn't hear much about in 2011, still at that point in time, was people that were trans. I think I, I've at that point in time, I had a friend who was trans when I was in high school, um, really cool guy. Um, and I knew one other person. But then in my work, like I never would find anybody. And then sometime around uh, the pandemic, that's really what I'm what I want to kind of focus on here. I, I've seen an uprise in teenagers that are coming to uh, tell other people that they feel like they're not the gender they were born. They're either non-binary or they feel like they were right. born a, a female, yeah. but they feel male. And I, I, what I'm noticing is there's something about the public relations behind this that I feel like people are confused I don't know that people really are talking about, I really think that I'm a woman or I really think that I'm a man and I was born something else. I really think that in some of these cases, it's a fad. Um, it's it's kind of like when you're a teenager and you experiment with different things. Sure. Um, it's just more acceptable to experiment with. And so I don't feel like we're in the spot where we should all panic about things um, by any means. But then I also believe that there is an element to all this, and this is my education background with studying the DSM. And I studied the DSM before anything was changed, just for the record. Now, wait a minute. Um, what, is, what is DSM? Sure, it's the Diagnostic uh, Manual for uh, Mental Illness. So gotcha. DSM okay. for transition was the one that I studied. Right. Um, and so looking through that, like you would label somebody who's trans that wants to change their gender as body dysmorphia. Uh, that was what we would call that. And I'm this I'm still going down the rabbit hole here with you because I, I, I want I want to get there. What I'm seeing now is school boards telling uh, teachers uh, that, look, we're all in on this. Um, we're not going to dead name kids. If you do, you could lose your job. Um, there's now, really now what no is dead naming for people. that Sure. Don't know. Sure. So if somebody uh, was born uh, Christine and they no longer want to be called Christine, they're now called Paul. Uh, you have to use Paul in the classroom or else you can get ridden up, eventually get progressive action. And so wow. I could use, lose their job on that. Wow. They which, call that dead naming, which is extremely They call that telling. dead naming. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Now what, what gets even crazier is when parents come in 
And a parent's like, well, no, my, that's Christine. And you can't use Christine with the parent because of the way actions have been set. You got to use the name that the student prefers now. It gets really bizarre oh as an educator. Um, and that I think that's kind of the thing that I'm kind of adapting to at this point in time because I have my own thoughts and feelings based yeah. upon my own uh, scientific and religious beliefs, my own mental health beliefs. And all of it is, you know, trying to respect the individual and making sure that they're safe. But at the same time, uh, I don't believe that a male can be a female and a female can be a male. Um, I believe you might feel differently just as somebody feels differently about how they love. But uh, I don't advocate for chopping off uh, body parts or mutilation. Yeah. And and so so I'm continuing down. I'm sorry I'm talking so long, but I feel like people need to hear this. This is something really important for everybody to pay attention to on your show. So uh, there are state laws and federal laws that have changed over the past five years. And those laws now uh, protect children to the degree that if a child were to say, you know, I'd like to transition, I'm 12 years old, um, this is what's going on. The doctor is not allowed to tell the parents if the child says, you can't tell my parents, or they feel that the child could be endangered. So they don't give you your full notes anymore about what's talked about in these doctor's appointments. They don't have to. All they have to do is what was the treatment? What is the diagnosis and treatment? That's all they need to provide to a parent uh, by the age of 12. Up until 12, the the parent has rights to all that information. But now at the age of 12, they no longer do. By the time you're 18, obviously, it's sayonara. Even though you're still on your parents' insurance plan, the parent has no rights to anything. But we're taking away parental rights to information. Why that's important is because it also happens in the school. You know, a, a student can be talking about transitioning with a psychologist at a school across this country, and the parents would have no idea that conversation's going on. And I have a problem with this the most. This is where education is changing the most. The parent is the primary educator of every single child and the primary uh, person for the responsibility of that child, not a school system, not a psychologist, the parent. And so when I look at how things have changed, I know it took me a long time to get here, but things have changed to this part that we've removed parents from their role, put the state in charge put mental health people in charge, scare the bejesus out of people telling everybody, everybody's going to commit suicide if we don't just take care of this right away, which is false. That's that's not accurate. Yeah. Um, and we're ruining children's lives at this point because we're ruining relationships with parents. Uh, so that's, that's how I've seen things change wow. the most. We've ruined the community of parents. Wow, that is crazy. I didn't know it was so secretive like that. And to think, uh, this is the question I was really trying to get at, but I like this, the way this went a lot better. Uh, I was just wondering how kids communicate these days. Like, <laughs> are, they still, <laughs> are they still writing love notes and passing it to one another? Are they texting more? Are they Snapchatting more? But this is... So, so, <laughs> that's yeah, a let's, yes let's, no let's, question. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's get straight into communication of children then, too. Uh, like, children oh, are communicating... Hold on, no, no, you open yeah, yeah, up go, 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 okay. can of worms. Hold on. Jeez. <laughs> Don't step on it. Hold on. So here we go. <laughs> well, you know so, me. You, you, you toss a new idea out there. I'm like, dog, let's, let's go. go. <laughs> so um, what, going back to when I was in high school, um, I went to many years ago, many, many years ago. Um, th- they were gay kids. Nobody did anything going through mm-hmm. college, going throughout my 20s. 
Um, I, I've, I've met many trans people. Um, I've had gay people come out to me saying that they're attracted to me. I'm the first person they've ever told that they're attracted to. And I said, thank you very much. I'm flattered, but I got to go. That's a that huge was, honor, by the way. That's I, a huge honor. It is. And I'm I'll serious. I'll tell that story one time. Uh, it, well, I, I was so awkward. <laughs> During that whole thing, I'm like, I gotta go, but thanks. Uh, go look at the time. I gotta wash my hair. Um, so th- that that whole thing, like, I, I have a few friends that are trans, but I don't see my friends in the same light as these kids being brought up mm-hmm. right now. It's a completely different mindset, and like you said, or at least you hinted at. It's, it almost seems like it's, it's trendy to these parents. Like you're seeing more and more how, oh, my child, my male child uh, decided to put on nail polish at two years old. So obviously he's born in the wrong body. So we're going to bring him up as a woman and we're going to pump him th- up with all these pills and, and whatever, serums. That, that is crazy. That's crazy. Because now these parents have a mental issue. And well, well look. Yeah, look at ADHD though. I mean, we we've allowed this for decades. We That's now right. say a kid can't yeah, a kid can't hold his attention span for, you know, 30 seconds. Well, that's ADHD. We need to put this person on life-changing medicine. Um yeah, I mean, we we've started this whole dangerous part of antidepressants, SSRIs, uh Ritalin, uh, all all of the stuff we've been putting into our children's systems. Uh, and now it's just getting more and more into, okay, hormone replacement therapy. To me, you need to be 18 years old before you're taking hormone replacement therapy. You need to at least be at the point where you can acknowledge something on your own and somebody can say, hey, this is uh, pretty irreversible what we're about to do. Are you sure you want to do this? It shouldn't be a parent's decision. Yes, and I heard that when you are going through a transition, these doctors pull in about 40 to 50 grand per person that goes through these types mm-hmm. of therapies. I wouldn't even call them therapies. I don't even procedures would probably be more accurate. Um, so did you see project Veritas lately? Like this week? Uh, yes, no, I don't think I have. Okay. No. So there's a school district by me that got completely outed and a whole bunch of teachers um, went to this, I, I guess this LGBTQ plus training camp. And they all talk about what they do to introduce these concepts in the classroom and how they allow students to, quote unquote, express themselves. And it all came from these teachers at um, various school districts on Long Island, particularly East Meadow. And one of the things that they did was they were leaning on teachers with tenure to get the message across. So the teachers mm-hmm. with tenure were the ones that were putting up all these flags, uh, pronouns, the whole nine yards with this kind of movement because they knew that the district couldn't get rid of them. And so that was their whole angle of attack. And they even talked about what you were just talking about, where we're going to accept these kids and the parents have no say in any of it, nor do they have mm-hmm. a say in what we do and how we treat these kids. So to me, ultimately... This is another step to remove the parents from the equation and introduce basically state-sponsored childcare, and as Biden would have it, from preschool on up. 
and separate the deciding uh, uh, the ability for the parents to, to decide about the children's well-being. Yeah, you know, I I struggle with that because that's almost like this whole concept of there's a plan in place at the Department of Education level. And under Trump, <laughs> I don't think there was much planning from the Department of Education. <laughs> she didn't really know what the hell she was doing. Um, but I, I just I struggle with that Biden could put that in so quickly. Like, I just don't see that. Mm -hmm. um, that stated, when you look at local laws, I agree with you, yes, that there is this concept that the government knows better than the parents. Uh, technically speaking, you know, you go to the back to Michael Bednarik, uh, one of my idols, and he would say, you know, your child is property of the state. Once you give them a social security number, the child is not yours. Uh, so there's some truth to that to a degree. Uh, but a couple of things I kind of want to highlight and kind of backtrack to first, you know, the, the school psychologists that I work with are awesome. Um, I haven't seen a lot of the stuff that you'll see online on Twitter when it comes to like psychologists that are keeping families out of loop. That just, so I don't know that that is a, yeah, those seem like thing. outliers, you know, they're really outliers. And I, I just want to make people understand that that's not my experience where I've taught in the various schools that I've been. I've never really worked with psychologists that are rogue like that. Um, I've always had a pretty good team around me. So that, I think that's good. Um, what I have found that's been kind of interesting is, um, I've worked in a bunch of different places and I've seen there's this almost this perversion now to tell kids your sexuality if you're a teacher. And that scares me. Um, I went well, to, well, 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 a, what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? So, so I, I ended up going to, I was invited to a meeting uh, with LGBTQ youth and there were other teachers that were invited as well. And I'm there and I was very uncomfortable because they started off. It's like, you know, state your name, uh, state your gender, uh, your pronouns, and um, how you how you identify in sexual preference or sexual orientation, something along those lines. Are you kidding me? <laughs> really? Yeah, and I'm sitting there like in a room with you know minors and stuff, and it got to me, and I was like, "Hey, name's Greg Bolden. Uh, really boring white male. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> yeah. That's all I said, and then." the group got down on me like, Oh, you're not boring. You know, you're more than just a white male. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Just move on to somebody else. But I refuse to do the pronouns. That's just not something I do because my religious beliefs and everything else, that's uh, just not where I'm at. And I guess that's the part of the process that I think is what we should concentrate on. We've silenced voices and called it hateful to have good dialogue. It's not hateful to talk to somebody about how they love somebody so much because they have Christian beliefs that they were raised that male and female in an image that they can't be another way. And therefore they don't believe in that. But instead people are having to change their religious beliefs and there's no place for conversation in this society right now for people to be able to express that. And I, I think that that's, we see that everywhere. We see that with race, right? Like, yeah, do, do we have race problems in this country? Absolutely, we do. We have race problems on both sides. But instead of, you know, we do sensitivity training and stuff, instead of actually talking about, hey, tell me about something that happened that made you not trust the opposite race. Tell me about a, a moment in your life. Why don't we actually have conversations 
that promote meaningful growth in our society? Why do we label everybody instead as, well, that person's loving, that person's hateful because of their belief? I don't believe that for a second. I believe that people are complex and we need to have more loving, open dialogue. And sometimes loving, open dialogue can hurt. But you know what? Damn it. We need to hurt one another a little bit if we're going to all get alone on this playground. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with having an, a, an honest conversation about mm -hmm. everything, whether that's gender identity or, or race. Um, and, and it's really sad because in a lot of ways you can't talk about those things because it has been so polarized to say that, oh, if you're against me, it's, it's not even if you're against, let's just say, you, you know, you're against uh, the LGBTQ movement. You're, you hate it. Every, you hate everybody. It's not even it's not even that it's well, you know, I, I'm not going to allow you to tell me what to call you. What's your name? I'll call you your name. I'm not going to sit here and play along and say, oh, no, that's a he, she, z, uh, horseshoe crab, uh, the seahorse unicorn person I, i'm not going to go along with this i don't have to and there's no reason why anybody should go along with that stuff if they don't feel as though they should but the thing is is that nobody wants to hear the reason why right no one wants to sit there and say well i have to accept you uh but why don't you accept my point of view it, because it doesn't mean that i'm wrong it doesn't mean that i'm hateful it just means that hey i'm not agreeing with you and i don't have to go along with you and that's fine too, as long as I respect you, right? As right. long as I don't, as long as I don't give you a hard time and ruin your day, then what's what's the big deal? And ultimately, that means that this is just another way that they're trying to divide this country and the social fabric. Oh, absolutely. And that that's exactly where I think that I wanted to go with that was this is part of the division of the country. This is part of the division of society. And somebody was talking about the fall of Rome and the fall of Rome. I, I think I was talking to my wife about this. She, she said she had heard that right before Rome fell, it was the same type of division that was going on. There was the same type of uh, gender identity conversations going on. Um, and so perhaps we're just in that cyclical cycle of society where, you know, wow, we're, we're just alliteration. Wow. Say that again. <laughs> nope. You get it once. <laughs> Uh, but no, I think you're right. It, you're, we're in that cycle. We're, we're once again at the cusp of a great movement. And right. um, they, even, uh, they even spoke about it uh, in, in the Weimar Republic. I mean, if you do any sort of research about Weimar Republic, for those of you that don't know, it's, it's Germany between the Treaty of Versailles that ended World War I and prior to Hitler coming into power. It's the same kind of society that we're experiencing today. Rampant drug use, uh, rampant sexuality, uh, transgenderism, uh, like the, the play Cabaret, right? Isn't that all about right. Weimar Republic? And isn't that all about this? Um, and what do you think happened? I mean, you know what happened. You had somebody like Hitler come into power. You had a radicalized person. Now, I'm not saying that another Hitler will come into power uh, because it could also be somebody on the left side. You could also have a Pol Pot come into power. And so I think that we really have to start understanding each other a little bit better and get over this pronoun stuff and get over all of these nonsensical arguments and start coming together as human beings first and as Americans second and realize that 
like George Carlin said, it's a big club and we're not in it. Mm-hmm. And they're using us as pawns. They don't care. They just they just want the the veneer of of the notion that I got to this political position honestly. No, there's no way. <laughs> We've got to come together and start to say no, the voting system needs to be revamped. We're Americans. Stop giving away money. Stop covering up for one another. We want accountability. We want equality under the law. And I'm also going to bring this up. What is DEI? Okay. Oh, Diversity, cool, 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 cool. equity, and inclusion. Inclusion. Yeah. Right. right. I was like, why do I know this? <laughs> That's, I should know that immediately as yeah, a teacher. Yeah, you should. Roll right off the tongue. <laughs> But it also means what? Day, right? D-E-I. It's Latin for what? Mm. God. God. Yeah, deity. Yep. Right. So don't you think they are turning that on its head? I mean, when you also look at the at the pride flag, and you know you have got chakra that goes up and down your body, right? You got the seven chakra right. and Reiki and stuff. Well, it goes from the crotchetoral region to your crown, and it's Roy G. Biv. So the red chakra is the one around your loins, and then it's red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, and so on, right, up your body. Well, the pride flag is in the reverse order. So it seems as though on a subconscious level, they are reversing the order of things with diversity, equity, and inclusion using those, those letters, those initials, D-E-I, right, and also doing something like with the chakra colors flipping those it seems as though they're trying to register this stuff on a subconscious level yeah i mean so hmm, i struggle with the whole diversity equity inclusion part because i don't believe that diversity equity inclusion is something that needs to be turned into a law in order to give uh advantages but i do believe it's something that we should be promoting in the sense of i like Think back to when you and I were growing up, right? We're close to the same age. So if somebody was disabled, right, we would refer to that person as an R word. I'm not even going to say it, but yeah, you know, we would call somebody that, right? Like that. Yeah. Yeah. But now, right, because we understand the, the, the perspective of, oh, okay, hey, you know what? Calling somebody that is stripping them away of their actual personhood, right? Like, we can just agree we're not going to call somebody that because they weren't born that like they didn't choose to be born this way. Let's make sure that they have inclusion as well uh, into a process. Make sure that they're able to experience life, which that wasn't the case when I was growing up. If, if you were born that way, you weren't included into a lot of different things. Um, equity, right? Like we're all born into different uh, scenarios in the world, right? I got kids that are born into horrible poverty, uh, parent in jail, but just because they can't read at a high school level when I get them doesn't mean that I don't want them to be successful in my classroom. So yeah, I think that diversity, equity, inclusion gets a bad rap, but I believe that's actually what we do want in society. We just don't want it to get uh, hijacked well, for the wrong purposes. Yeah, and that, that's the angle I was trying to go down uh, because it, it does seem as though that diversity, equity, and inclusion sounds good, but the policies that go along with it seem to be a little questionable. Yeah, you I mean, know what I mean? You know, if and you enforcement, wanna, too. If you want to... Yeah, it's, it's kind of like uh, you talk about affirmative action. 
uh, affirmative action, you know, it was necessary uh, when it was put in place because there was great discrimination that was going on. I believe you could make a case at this point in time. Oh, shit. This is going to get me in trouble. You could make a Don't case at this it. point in time. Don't say that, it. <laughs> I'm saying it. No, I'm saying it. Like affirmative action possibly is not necessary the way it was necessary before. Just like, you know, the gender uh, pay gap the myth that's still being put out there. I, I know people that are in the hiring process in many different industries, and they all tell me at this point in time that if you're a minority or you're a female, chances are that you're going to start at a higher pay than somebody who is not a minority. Right. Uh, and I'm being told that in multiple different industries. So at what point is affirmative action still uh, something that needs to happen? At what point do we need to still make sure that we have diversity in the workplace? Um, and at what point are we hiring the best person? I mean, go back to Joe Biden when he had his last Supreme Court hire. He's like, well, I wanted to be a woman and I wanted to be black. <laughs> OK, well, <laughs> what about the best Supreme Court justice that you can find? Like if, right. if, if that is the best Supreme Court justice you can find. Great. Excellent. But that type of sentence should never come out of anybody's mouth. People should even start there as far as thinking that it should be, I'm going with the best person and I don't care what their color is. I don't care what their sex is. I just give me the best person. That's going to be the great person for this country. Give me the best person's best person for this job. Uh, but we're ass backwards on that stuff. Oh, I, I completely agree. In the old day job that I had, I personally know somebody, not me, um, that had applied for a position and it was essentially a promotion. Um, and they were told by somebody two levels above them. And it was over a phone call. I really don't think you should apply for this because you're not a diversity candidate. <laughs> <laughs> so why? I, I, no, I, I don't you, think that that is something that we need to continue. And you, you know what's great about this? Here's us as two white guys having this conversation. And there's going to be somebody that hears it. Possibly not our listeners, but somebody gets forward this and goes, look, these two white guys having this conversation, they shouldn't be talking about this. No, you're wrong. It's exactly you, you should want to hear this side of the conversation. You should want to hear how it's impacting and the thoughts from other people to, to simply silence something out of being uncomfortable is wrong. That's why when you said, don't say it, I'm like, no, I'm saying it because <laughs> you can't silence a truth. Yeah. That, it's, we're, that goes back to your division. We're silencing truth because it's uncomfortable for people. People can't handle it. They melt down. And that's what's breaking society right now. I think you're a hundred percent right. And I think we need to have more conversations like this. Uh, which gives me the idea, because I think I can add more people to the podcast. Uh, I know a guy that I used to do a podcast with. He is one of the smartest people I know uh, when it comes to, uh, I don't want to say the woke crowd, but he's more old school, like uh, mm -hmm. five percenter Malcolm X kind of mindset, which is well thought out. I don't know if you've ever heard of the five percenters. Uh, during all that, if you haven't looked them up, it's almost like a um, like a fraternal organization for the civil rights movement, and they use math mm -hmm. in in the way they operate. It's very very interesting. They all use numerology and stuff like that, and they they were big in in the Bronx and stuff like that. Um, but 
that gives me an idea. Maybe we'll ask him to join and he can talk about this too. And everybody jumps in and everybody talks about this because I think it's, it's worthwhile for the conversation. I used to do a podcast with him where uh, we used to talk about race and I used to get into all of these topics with him and he mm-hmm. chickened out on the podcast. He said that I don't, oh, wow. I don't, I don't, I don't feel comfortable talking about this because I don't know how it could affect my job in case somebody ever hears this. And it's not like we were saying yeah. anything that was really bad. It wasn't like you know he was he was calling me you know honky and we were dropping n bombs and or anything like that. But it was honest race based conversations and what's going on. And it, that makes me sad because like even like you know the conversation we're having right now that we had about trans youth and everything else like. It, it needs to be stated. It needs to be put out in the words. Like one of the things I'm looking to do right now is I'm trying to find somebody that works with LGBTQ youth and the trans, uh, uh, trans movement, so to speak, in order to speak with me about what are my blind spots? You Hmm. tell me what I'm missing, right? Like, and that's, that's something that I'm very interested in always. Like when I have a blind spot, I'm like, Hey, somebody point this out to me. What am I not seeing properly? Let me, let's have a conversation about it. If we don't say these words out loud, if we're not willing to work on ourselves, willing to have those things, well, what's the point? Nothing's going to change. The only way things change is to put it out into the world and then be the change that you want to see in the world. That's the only way things change. Exactly. So I, but I'm down. Like if you can get them on the show, let's let's do it. Definitely. So I, I know that the old vocal cords are a little strained for you and we are coming up on an hour. Ooh. So do you think this is a That's good a quick time? hour? All right. Do you think this is a good time to end it here? So, so little, little Greg's vocal cords are okay. Oh, that's so is, caring. Is you. that okay? Marconi. It's because you just love my <laughs> podcast so much. You want to hear great content the rest of the week. I understand it. Hey, Hey, <laughs> my little Marconi. <laughs> I'll tell you at what. least, at least I'm, at least I'm not Edison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't live too far from uh, Marconi's first broadcast out to sea. And I'll, yeah, yeah I'll you're right up picture, there. I'll take a picture of the historical landmark uh, so that you can save it and cherish it and print it out and put it somewhere. Woo! Schwing. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll even sign it if you want. So, oh, double swing. <laughs> so let's leave it at this. Let's talk about predictions. What do you okay. think is going to happen with Trump? And is what we found out with Z and Putin, is that going to impact the Democrat response to Trump fallout? And what I mean by the, the, the Putin-Xi uh, tie is that they have clearly said that we are now going to start using the petro yuan instead of the petrodollar. And we're going yep, to start yeah, trading that. in the yuan. Yep. So do you yeah, think so, Trump uh, is tied to all that? Uh Yes and no, but let's let's back up really quick. You're missing a huge piece of this puzzle. Oh, if I don't mention it to your listeners, then we're we're not having a good conversation. You need to look up Fed now. The July 2023, the central yes. bank digital currency is going to go live. Uh, it was announced via public uh, relations uh, press release on March 15th on the Fed's website. A lot of people missed it. I did not. Um, that plays into all this because Putin and Z know that if they allow the Federal Reserve to set the currency, this is their moment in order to try the set 
what the global currency is. This is the opportunity for China to take the forefront and say, all right, we're going to set the reserve currency. We're going to try to get people on board. I think we're a, a race right now. We're in a race to see what can happen by July. And so here's the predictions. Buckle up because things are about to get massively rocky for all of us. Uh, I don't think we've seen the end of the bank failures. I think there's more to come. I think there's uh, interest rates getting ready to start rising when it comes to Trump. I think that uh, part of this, I'm curious if this isn't all just a ploy to eventually swing to a different candidate. And Donald Trump knows that this is his best way to keep his nose clean to be a candidate, but he has no interest in becoming president. And so, yeah, like right now he's running for president, all these charges. I don't think he gets elected. That's my prediction for the future. I think he comes out perfectly fine on all these charges too. He's not going to jail, but I think that Ron DeSantis actually gets stronger here. Um, And I think that probably the two of them, this whole fight that they're having it's manufactured. Yeah. I think that uh, it's it's all, okay, well, let's create a, a pony show right now. Uh, dog and pony show is in full effect between the two of them. Then we get Russia and China. This alliance, this unholy alliance that's happening right now, uh, we should have been the ones calling for peace. Instead, we were saying, oh, well, we can't broker a peace deal because then Russia would get this territory they took. No, you dumbasses. Part of your peace deal says, Russia, you got to get out of the territory and give it back to Ukraine. Uh, so I don't understand where diplomacy went. Now we're allowing China to be the, 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 the diplomats for peace. And we are less safe with Joe Biden as president and this alliance between Russia and China. But here's what the rest of your listeners should know. We still have India on our side. We still have major countries on our side that will keep China and Russia in check. If China is able to broker a deal with India, we're likely screwed. So that's all eyes for me are on the rest of that uh, geographical area to find out what Russia and China's next moves are. We know Iran is in bed with them. Let's see who else they can get to align with them. And then we'll likely have NATO versus whatever China and Russia put together. Wow. Wow. Because that's a that's a good point about India, because you have India now importing most of its fuel from Russia, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they're using more that's fuel correct. from Russia than China is, if I got that yep. right. They are. So that's that's an immense token of power right there on behalf of the Russians. So yep. that's a, that's a very superpower. good. Right. That's a very good observation uh, on the India part. My prediction with all this is I think you're right. Uh, I think Trump is going to run this out. I don't think he really means to be president at this point. Um, I think he's going through the motions with the rhetoric and everything. Um, but I, I don't think he genuinely means it this time. I think he understands that it could potentially be way too powerful unless, unless there's somebody, some organization in the background that is willing to support him in ways that are unseen, um, potentially like the first time, right? Because you mm-hmm. can't be president unless you're selected. Nobody elects presidents. Presidents are selected. So, Well, I just got selected, so I'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> just like Hogwarts. They're like, come to the White House, Greg Bolden. <laughs> and then you got to put that hat on. 
put the hat on. It's like Gryffindor. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Keep going. I'm sorry. So I think that is going to eventually happen. I don't think anything is really going to transpire with all these supposed charges and these felonies. I think it's a way to distract everybody. And as far as Russia and China goes, I think you're right with this central banking digital currency. They've got to get in there and they've got to make their presence known as a significant counterbalance to whatever the West is trying to do, particularly those gnomes in Zurich, because they're the ones that are really holding all the power. Um, And I don't know if this is true, but I saw this, that Russia wiped out the debt of Latin American and African countries and their debt to Russia. I saw a blurb on it. I can't verify it. But if that's true, that is a massive power play on, the, on behalf of the Russians. Hmm. Because now they've got access to raw materials and they have a better reputation. And they've got a longer reputation. Remember that the Russians were helping out Latin American and African countries 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all throughout all that. So I think, I think you're going to see a more of an isolation of the West. And um, I, I, I think the, the central banking digital currency idea is going to flop. It's going to collapse because it's too soon. Like this is a 20, Agenda 2030 timeline, and you can't introduce something like that in 2023 and expect it to succeed. Yeah, but I think you're you're naive to think that it already isn't being implemented. Oh, no, no, From I what do. I understand. I do. Yeah, but I mean, but, but 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 even I know what you're getting at as far as where it's going. But I, I've talked to a few people that have told me that the Federal Reserve's in all of these main banks. They all have their own offices there, and they've been mirroring the system. So, like when you go to buy whatever you you bought today, and you swipe your card, it's actually transacting in two different places already here in 2023. It's transacting on your bank, and it's transacting on this digital place, and has been doing so now for over a year that's what i'm being told wow um okay. and so, so it's, it's, it's i admit it it's going to be as it's it's going to be as easy as flipping a switch that's all they have to do now flip wow. the switch and your fiat currency is gone well that's dystopian i didn't want to it end is, on it, that we're that's, here it's incredibly I, dystopian <laughs> well, that, that's that's the news that's fit the print though i mean that, that's where we're at <laughs> okay greg as always, thank you very much for being on the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels. If people want to find you, where can they go? Sure, just go to America Emboldened. And since people have trouble spelling emboldened, I'll spell it for you. E-M-B-O-L-D-E-N-E-D. Go to AmericaEmboldened.com or you can go to the America Out Loud Network and you can see my podcast Monday through Friday and reach out to me on Twitter at RealGregBolden. As I talk to my best friend, Chris Michaels on Twitter, uh, we can get in some nice conversations with everybody. Thanks for having me. All right, Greg. Thank you very much. And as always, if you like me, you can share me on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels. And if you're on any of the social media outlets, you can go over to Last Call Caravan and find me over there and interact with me and enjoy the evening. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Greg. And we will be back tomorrow.